Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. First Peter chapter 5. The Bible says, Therefore humble yourselves, demote yourselves in your own estimation, under the mighty hand of God that in due time he may exalt you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that in due time he may exalt you. And the next verse says, casting the whole of your cares. Now he's showing how you humble yourself. Okay? Casting the whole of your care. He's showing you how you humble yourself. Okay? That's why the KJV has a full colon to it. Verse 6, he says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Ta-ta. Okay? And how? Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all. Now underline the word there for once and for all. That means if you have one care, you give it to God, you never pick it back again. It's his, it's gone. It's his, he deals with it. It's not yours anymore. It's not in your thought, it's not in your thought, it's not in your, it's nothing, nothing. You've given it and you've given it. It says, casting your whole care, all your anxieties, all of your worries, all of your concerns, once and for all, on him, the Bible says, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. So even God watches, right? So he cares for you affectionately and about you watchfully, casting all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all. Somebody shout amen. amen. Shout amen. amen. The Bible says there may be many voices in the world. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, but there's none without signification. All voices have meanings. Okay? Of course, there are kinds. I'll give you a few of them. One, there is the divine voice of Elohim. Okay? And at that I classify God the Father as he has spoken in Scripture, God the Son as he has spoken in Scripture, and God the Holy Spirit as he has spoken in Scripture. There is a voice that God speaks to you. The Father speaks to you. He has spoken through his Son, Jesus Christ. There is also a voice that the Holy Spirit will minister to you and speak to you about. That's in the realm of Elohim, the pluralness of God. And he says in Genesis, let us make man in our own image and likeness. The word us, again, you see in the brackets, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, okay? Because the name Elohim is a plural name of God, okay? So Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
they are one. And in this oneness, okay, uh, they also have a uniqueness in that oneness. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Elohim. There's a voice there. So either he speaks by the Spirit expressly, he speaks by Christ, he speaks by God, but all of these are one yet in their different attributes, okay? In scripture, we also have angelic voices, okay? The angels that came to the prophetics, Jeremiah, Isaiah, the angel of the Lord led me. You know, he appeared unto me and an angel came to Zacchaeus, an angel comes to Mary on her time of pregnancy to conceive in the place of conception. The angel of the Lord comes and tells her, you're going to have a child and this seed shall be of the Lord. We see in scripture angels speaking to men. We have angelic voices and some, these angels appear physically and minister to us and sometimes even these angelics speak without us seeing them with our physical eye but our spirits can feel or have the understanding of their existence and to discern an angelic voice, to discern a spirit voice, Holy Spirit, Father, Son, uh, and there's many more voices and sometimes God, the Father, Son speaks into multiple lines of voices through your parents, your spiritual authorities, your pastors, your friends, and stuff like that. But also, in scripture, we have the devil. Satan has spoken. On one instance, we remember Jesus Christ in 40-day fast and prayer. He's led by the Holy Ghost into the wilderness. You will know that. And the Bible says that while there, the devil started to tempt him, he said, turn these stones into bread. And then he tells him, oh, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. He takes him to a cliff. He tells him, fly off. He'll send his angels to take charge over. He takes him in a high place and then tells him, hey, uh, bow to me and I'll give you the kingdoms of this earth. And because he saw the splendor and the glory thereof. So we see the devil in an open conversation with Jesus Christ. So Satan speaks as well. Okay? And... He not only speaks individually, sometimes he speaks through friends. He can even speak through your spouse. He can speak through anything and anybody, the closest friends. He can even speak through your enemies. He can even speak through you. You understand? So we have that kind of space. And now, Satan has a way of speaking to people, to us. And there are many times there are people who hear Satan more than they hear God. And why is it easier for some people to hear Satan than it is for them to hear God? Simple, because they are of the flesh. They are in the flesh. And some get born again but maintain more a fleshly uh, inclination. Right? The more you incline to the flesh, the more Satan speaks because the voice of Satan is the voice of the flesh. Are you following what I'm saying? And so, some people do not cipher. They don't sift. They don't weigh. Sometimes Satan speaks to them and they don't even know that Satan is speaking to them. And some of them later it's when they're in trouble and things have gone haywire and they realize, okay, Bananga, this was Satan speaking to me. And they did not know that Satan was speaking to them, but he was speaking to them all the while. You understand? Most of the time, Satan speaks to us by our imagination. He will cast an image. Because he knows, as long as you're in the world of the tents, I call this the world of tents, okay? Bodies. The world of physicalness, okay? He says, in this world, 
There will be sorrows. There'll be temptations. There'll be trials. There'll be testations. There'll be attacks. Okay? And I tell people, if you are to examine human problems and put them all together, you'll see that they're in the triple chord of what they call the curse. When we talk about the curse, the curse is a triple chord. Okay? You'll see that your problem will always be around three areas. All of your problems are in those three. It is either financial, your health, or something touching the family. Stories around that. We are in a court battle fighting for our land. If you had enough money, some lands would even be so useless for you to fight over. So your issue is actually a money issue. I don't have education. It's a money issue. I need to get married. It's a family issue. People in the church are disturbing me. It's a church family issue. My body is sick. It's a healthy issue. Oh, I'm in trouble. This is going to happen. It's a health issue. Got an accident. It's a health issue. You can classify all of those in that triple chord. There is an equal blessedness according to the promises of God that touches your finances, that touches your health, and the posterity of your family. All these are in the scriptures. But we find ourselves in challenges sometimes and things hit you and then you find yourself worried. You lose sleep. You lose peace. Satan speaks to you. Speaks to your mind. You go to a doctor, they diagnose you with something and then you go on the internet and search out everything that touches that thing. You ask every kind of wrong question. By the time you're done, you're not dying because of the disease, but you're dying because of what you found out about the disease. You understand what I'm saying? And Satan has a way of making men imagine the worst case scenario of everything. In fact, some even have self-help programs based on worst-case scenarios. What is the worst that can happen? Do you know there are people who are manic warriors? Worry with W-O-R-R-I-E-R. Some people are manic. They suffer from chronic anxiety, chronic worry, chronic fear. Everything scares them. I've been around such people like that. You understand? There are people who worry about everything. Everything. They're just constant, constant, constant. There is no day. In fact, some people here don't even sleep. There are people in this room who don't sleep. You find somebody seated there like, Hi. Hmm? Hi, you understand? But the brain was. 
they go to bed and they stink up to three. Or they go to bed at 10 because their brain is tired. And once it stretches on at three or two, they think from 3 a.m., four, five, six, seven, seven, that's when they get sleep. And by the time they get sleep, they're supposed to be working. You understand? And then, so during the day, they are, you understand? You lose peace, you lose sleep, they lose appetite, they lose weight, they lose everything. They are chronic. They are anxious. They are worried. They are caring about everything in their life. They have never been free. It becomes so bad that even the things that are not obvious. Do you know the devil can make you so paranoid? Because everything that comes, you imagine. They tell him, you're sick. They go to their village in the mind. They remember that the house where they're going to be buried is not painted. Yet they were supposed to paint it last year. They remember where the graveyards are, whether to be buried on the left or the right of their father. They remember who annoyed them, who didn't annoy them, what will happen, what they want. Then they get their albums. Then they look at their childhood photos. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Then they call old friends. Joshua, Joshua, how are you? You understand? Eh? You know I'm saying hello because you never know. Anytime now, you understand? And then everything is so emotional. And in the work, every idea is almost drawn into them to die. And they die because they prepared for it long ago. They worry about everything. They worry about their children. They worry about their husbands. Where has he gone? Who is he with? Who is she with? How? Why isn't he called? There is a problem. There are people who have gotten to the level that if somebody calls, stop! He'll be like, what's wrong with my father? What's wrong with my mother? I've counseled people. And someone tells the apostle, when I see a call, every time I'm thinking of somebody has died. It's because some of you, that's what they tell you. Man, answer the phone. You never know. So when you receive phone calls from the village, hello, is everything okay? Yeah, I was just checking on you. <laughs> yeah, how are you? You understand? But where did you begin from? You are always anticipating evil. And so the devil makes you paranoid. You're working in a paranoia. You're studying in paranoia. Everything is paranoid. Everything is misinformed. It's misdirected to fear and worry. Everything on you. is misled and you live that kind of life every day and you have fear of even things that are not there some even don't even exist but you have the fear of one time I told someone can you come and attend funeral he says ah boss I fear crowds <laughs> but do you know why that person says they fear crowds Satan in their eyes he has given them a certain image that when they come to church, everyone will be like, <laughs> so just imagine that you're seated there and everyone turns and looks at you. Even some people stand up like this. Some adjust their glasses. But there are people who are like that. And let me tell you, 
People are not looking at you. It's in your head. Someone once told me, I, 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 I don't want to come to Fanero. People talk a lot. Nemogamba, that is not Fanero. Mm-hmm. I told her, people don't have that time. You think people do, but it's in your head. People judgmental. No, the devil entered her brain eh, and showed her everyone judging her. You are bad, you are bad. And then, you understand? And then the devil created a very unrealistic world and chased her out of church. And she doesn't know that it's the devil chasing her out of church, out of fellowship. How can you tell me you fear crowds? Do crowds come for you? You mean people get at home eh, and iron their clothes, do what everything, take on, and they're in the mirror saying, today, I'm going to look at Zan until she's tired. They're in the mirror, Zan, you are in trouble. You're in trouble. I'm, I'm going to look at your shoe. I'm going to look at your bag. I'm going to look at everything you have. How you chew, how you say amen, who you sit next to, and then they come. No. <laughs> it's in your head. People come to church to see God. And this is what I've noticed. When you imagine it, you attract it. So some of you even attract unnecessary attention. There are people right now, if I told them, stand up. Oh my God, their life can leave them. <laughs> even if you call the name and say, Robert, stand up. Yeah. They are worried about everything. So when you think that everyone is looking at you, you create an atmosphere that looks at you. And the day you do and catch all that attention, the devil can put at a funny move and you stumble and fall when you're walking before people. The day you're walking and everyone is seeing you, Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Why? Because you are creating a world. You're creating an eon of attracting. One time there was a young girl I was praying for. She came in my office. And I'm not saying this that everybody saw. But this particular person was overweight. Very overweight. And the Lord told me to tell her, that you are overweight because you got to a point where you became so conscious about what people thought about you. And so in the intention and mind of wanting to hide from people, your natural body started to do that to hide you. And it happens to some people. It happens to some people. If you go on the internet, go Google the puffer fish. The puffer fish protects itself by swelling. Some animals do that, even some frogs do that. 
Even cats, when they attack, they. I told her, you're protecting yourself from something, from the world. And when I ministered freedom to her, she started losing weight. Just like that. Just like that. Because what the devil had taken from her was self confidence. Some of you, you walk and you're conscious, they're looking at you. You look in the mirror and see everything wrong about you. And some people don't know, but because you are conscious, you attract that thing. And the guy says, hey, by the way, you understand? But do you know why they're doing that? It's because you're doing it to yourself. We were as grasshoppers, and so were we in their eyes. You create the impression of what you want to see on yourself. If you see yourself funny, you're funny. If you see yourself ugly, you'll enter and someone say, eh, I had never noticed, but it is you <laughs> who is doing it to yourself. Somebody shout, amen. amen. Some people kill themselves slowly. Now the Bible says, casting, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of the Lord that in due time exalt you, casting your cares. In other words, it's pride to keep them. You know, years ago, many, many years ago, I used to have something in me that used to worry. I just found myself worried about everything, okay? Many, many years ago, just started to really walk with God more intimately. And I just woke up and I realized that I was just worried. Like everything worries me. I anticipate the worst for everything and everyone around me. I just think what? You understand it? You can even be there and imagine your best friend is dying in a car accident. Now you didn't. You get it? And some people think it's a vision, but sometimes it's Satan creating an image to put the reality in your spirit. You understand? Even your dreams start going a certain way. And one time I was in prayer and the Lord told me, you sin when you worry. Say that. Because me as you think sinners are people who lie, cheat, kill, what? Tell me no, even this is sin. Why? Because I told you. Give me your cares. So when you refuse and keep your cares, it means you have a way, you will fix them yourself and you deny me the opportunity to fix them. That is pride. Because in you, you're saying you are able and I'm not. Or that what I'm able to do is not enough for you. That's pride. And it goes before a fall. And I remember repenting and I said, Father, I am sorry for worrying. Are you hearing me? And from that day, I started to see this as demonic. I could see the spirit of worry and fear and anxiety and concern. And I could know that this is a spirit of worry. In Philippians 4, 6, he says, do not fret or have any anxiety. Apostle, you don't understand what I'm going through. Is it in the class of any? Hey, is it in the class of any? He said, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Anything. Apostle, my marriage is failing. Anything. 
And later I'll explain why. And he says, but in every circumstance and in everything, he says, by prayer and petition, that is definite requests, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Why does he use definite requests? He means be specific. But he says in this specificity, with thanksgiving, not with worry, not with anxiety, not with concern, with thanksgiving. Giving praises to God in that situation. And when you do that in the next verse, he says, and God's peace, he says, shall be yours. The peace which is in God, he says, it shall be yours. God is not worried. God is not worried. People don't do things and God in heaven says, <gasps> no, no, he doesn't say that. So he says, God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. In other words, in your deepest anxieties, God expects you to have your most assured convictions for salvation. The deeper the problem is, the more convinced you are that God is gonna fix it. Somebody shout hallelujah. I said the deeper the challenge, the more convinced you are that God is gonna fix it. That's casting cares to God. Now if you have a problem, say, Father, I have a financial issue. That's one problem. Then you say, but you keep it. It means you're gonna worry about it. You're gonna be anxious about it. You're gonna complain, you're gonna share, you're going to melt, you're going to, you know, it's gonna kill you. But when you say, Father, I give you my financial issue. And you're here. Okay? It means regardless of what happens there, it's none of your business. What if the landlord knocks and tells you, I'm going to chase you out of the house tomorrow? It's none of your business. What if the disease increases and the symptoms increase and everything you read is coming to pass? That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation. And the Bible says, and so fearing nothing from God. Fearing nothing from God. In other words, there's nothing from God that is against you. You know, God is punishing me. No, he's not. I think God let it so that I can die. No, fearing nothing from God. Nothing from God. Praise God. And some people will bring those things back. Because they care for you. You'll always have people, you cast it to God and then they bring back the conversation. By the way, we heard you are sick. What do you do? But you understand what I'm saying? Some people come, Bambi, I see these days you look pale. 
And you say, yes, I am pale. You also see? I told people every other day, Satan has put the earth in, I mean, issues are increasing every other day. The world is becoming uncertain every other day. The atmosphere is distracting every other day. Diseases are increasing every other day. Problems are increasing every other day. And you know what the devil has done? He knows where his core is, where his niche is, where his strength is. He heeds on men's emotions. And men every day are becoming more emotional. And that thing used to be of the West. Now it has also come to Africa. Africans were never emotional. Huh? Oh, good day. You've fallen down. Get up. Hey, you're a man. Chichi. Go so so. Are you the first to fall? You get up. Be man. Man up. That's what they used to tell us when we're growing up. You fall down. Men don't cry. You grow up knowing that men don't what? But the generation of our young men, you find it is that old. I'm going to kill myself. Mono! Back in the day, men used to go through issues, and they go through them as men. Hallelujah. A man is sick, but he's sick like a man. Poverty has hit his home. Hmm? You don't have money, you can dig. But today you find a guy saying, Apostle, can you believe I don't even have food? And he's a man, he has hands and legs and muscles. And you're like, hey, go now, sir, will you marry? Will you raise a house? No. Men longer go and men. You understand what I'm saying? They even used to tell you, when you build a house, they said, now you're a man. Every achievement was celebrated in who we are. We're never emotional people. Back in the day, mothers were mothers. Wives were wives. Yadja Kufumba. She came to cook Come rain, come sunshine, she's there. They throw out things, she brings them back in. Are you hearing me? They beat her up, which is wrong. She heals her wounds and comes back in the home. They abuse her every sort of thing, as long as my children are okay. Mothers, mothers, oh my God. To find a mother, you knew that you found a strong woman. But girls of our day, a man just does. Why did you leave? He pushed me. I'm not saying push your wives. 
If a man beats his wife, he doesn't love himself. If a man beats his wife, it means he's fighting something that he can't inflict pain on and he can only displace it on another body. It's not right. We don't beat women. But I'm saying... (laughs) Why? He pushed me. (laughs) One time I was on a flight and I saw this interesting show. You know where the guys are auditioning? Eh? And I see it in the West. The Americans do that a lot. Everybody who is coming to sing has a sad story. You find the guy, they ask him, so what led you to singing? My mother died. No, come on. You have a voice. Whether your mom was alive or not, if you were a singer, you were a singer. My mother died. And so I channel that pain. And I found myself ready. And then they put a emotional song. Ding, 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 so every day. And then they show the guy with a guitar walking. But I have hope. <laughs> then people clap. So people are coming to listen to a chap. Eh? With the back end of a dead mother. Bambi. People have lost people. It doesn't make them eligible for success. I know this is wrong, but one time the nurse did it to a certain lady. She had lost someone. And the person died in the hospital. Woo! I said, Did you understand? I just, of course it was rude. But some people cry like other people have never lost people. No, Apostle, you don't understand. I understand. I'm just born again. Are you hearing me? We have hope beyond the grave. Yes, we weep because of pain, but after that, we have a certain assurance. You heal. I'm saying you heal. There's nothing bigger than God. I say there's nothing bigger than God. So it's the emotions. It's I lost my best friend. And then the pain she's singing. You're singing in pain. What happened? My boyfriend left me. They were even just dating. And now they're boring us. Africa has deeper problems. Then someone's like, my boyfriend left me. But it is painful. Oh. I'm so emotional right now. Emotional right now. Bugundi bought a house. <gasps> What were you expecting? What were you expecting? You understand what I'm saying? Stop that. Stop it. Stop. Stop. Cry because of the anointing. Cry because of the presence. That's all right. That one you can even go and scream and that's okay. But don't cry because of woman up. See, they're, they're getting more emotional. They're more emotional. You watch TV with them, you'll see. Oh. But in the movie, it's a cartoon. Yeah? In the cartoon, a bad fell off a trip. Oh. 
stuff was made up. It's not even real. But you see, Satan wants to take people into, because he knows once men are emotional, they are more fleshly. You understand what I'm saying? They're more what? And then somebody goes for a show and says, why do you sing? I had a dog called Boot, and I love my dog. And one Saturday, September, Butch died. <laughs> Who's Butch? My dog. <laughs> and I wrote a song for him. <laughs> I don't get those people. I don't get them. You know, they even carry small dogs. They call them emotional support, isn't it? So they call it. They even move with their dog. It says, I'm emotionally unstable. This thing consoles me. <laughs> then you take a small dog like this. <laughs> it also doesn't know what it's going to do. <laughs> and it's the emotional support. <laughs> My dog understands me. No, no offense if you love dogs, but please. Please. You understand? I'm not against dog lovers. No, but please. Because now they carry them to the restaurants. They carry them everywhere. Apostle, how rude. Someone can even take offense. Did you just talk about my dog? Did you just talk about my dog? Listen, it's not bad to love dogs. It's not bad to love people. It's not bad to love things. It's okay. But I'm saying when you're a Christian, you have a certain stability. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? You have a certain stability. The late Kenneth Huggins' wife and him, Retta, she said she was a woman who used to worry a lot. And then Kenneth had been past that. He'd gone through that too, but he went past that. And then Kenneth Hagen says his wife one time comes to him and told him, the time I've spent with you in ministry, my husband, I've noticed that even if our two children fell dead and died, you'd not worry. And Kenneth says, that's right. <laughs> and he says, his wife, that was the day she was delivered from worry. This was a testimony of her husband that she got to a level that even if they had lost their two children, they and they fell dead. Kenneth would not worry. He gave a story one time of a church he was pastoring and it had failed to catch up and it had failed over the years. And so he gets in as pastor and of course the spirit of worry wants to hit him and he was told, if this continues, you're never going to pastor. I mean, the ministry failed. But the Lord speaks to his heart and tells him, look, if you stop worrying about this ministry and everything that concerns it, I will grow it. Kenneth called his elders and pastors and told them, from today, even if the church gets fire and burns down, don't call me when I'm sleeping. We shall wake up and build another one. If deacons fight, let them fight it out. Leave me to sleep. When I wake up, I'll sort them. What I'm trying to tell you, never call me with any care or worry concerning this ministry. And Kenneth said that that ministry grew so fast. He pastored it. By the time he left, more than about 40 pastors wanted to pastor it because it was one of the best deals. Yet before, nobody was willing to pastor it. Why? Because a man's attitude changed toward the ministry. Do you know how many pastors, 
have bled in my presence and wish they were not pastoring. They wanted to leave because, I mean, man, we go through things. We go through things. You have the people you pastor who can also become funny. You understand what I'm saying? One time someone sent me a message and told me, I hate you. Mungamba, why? Because I shared the scripture with them. You understand? Eh? Like we go through things also. But now, if I'm funny, then I also take it on my head. How could she hate me? <laughs> you understand? So men of God go through stuff. We go through stuff. We go through things. To pastor you. We go through things. Some have been killed by the very people they've given their lives to. And four. So I've been in spaces where I've found ministers who are bleeding and a man tells you things. One time a man came and told me, I'm going to leave ministry. And I understood. Are you hearing me? People go through stuff. But you see, I could see that they were carrying it. They had never given it to God. They had never given it to God. What is the testimony of a man who has given their cash to God? One, they are full of praise. Two, they never lose their peace and joy. Three, they are always hopeful and positive in their life and their confession. Four, they surround themselves around voices that are going forward. That's a man of hope. That is a woman of hope. That's somebody who has cast. I, I could see that they never gave it to God. They never gave it to God. It was never taken away from them. And so they carry the burden of the church, the burden of the individuals, the burden of their troubles, the burden of their drama, the burden of their indifference, the burden of their craziness, the burden of everything that they are. And it just kills. And this cuts across. There are people who in their families, Job was constantly worried about his children. Always worried. That's why he says, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. Some of you have children, but you're always worried where they sleep, where they eat, how they eat, who they eat, where they where, where are you, what if this, what if that. If you go and you're the, tell the child don't go out because it's not right to go out and attend. But don't say, what if a car knocks you? Eh? That's your imagination. Not every kid in the road is knocked. And not every kid at home is not knocked. Some people have knocked their own children in their compound by mistake and killed them. You understand what I'm saying? So don't create atmospheres and avenues that can frustrate your life of peace. Refuse it. Cast. When you give it to him, give it to him. Every time you bring it back as a burden, you're sinning. Throw it back. Satan will always want to. But that's the solution of land. If Satan brings a worry, ha! Philippians 4, 6, I tell him. He says, do not fret. He says, do not be anxious about anything. So I tell him, devil, you don't have me on this one. I say, you don't have me on this one. I say, you don't have me on this one. I thank God because he dealt with it. I thank God, that's prayer. I thank God because that's dealt with. And I have peace. And the proof that God is dealing, I am free in my spirit. I can even tell that you're the one talking to me. Go, go, I back. And then, before you know that, that peace that passes all understanding, he says it garrisons your heart. 
and mounts guard over your heart and mind in Christ. That's what he says. Do not fret. Do not be afraid. Do not be subjected to any sort of fear. He says, verse 7, amplified, he says, and the God of peace, God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of soul, assured of its salvation, being content. You don't have any fear from God thinking, oh, God is going to do this to me. No, he says, God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul, assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort, that is that particular peace. He says, which transcends all understanding. He says, it shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ. Your heart will be strong. Your mind will be strong in spite of whatever you're going through. What if people see you with a torn shoe? Let them see. The same will see me when I'm out of it. Everything negative you see on me is a testimony for later days. Watch. Every negative thing you can ever say on Grace Vega is a testimony of greater days on my life. That one I'm fully assured. Now, stay in my past. All you want. I am looking ahead. And whether you believe it or not, one day you will look back and I'll be better than you. That's what I believe. You can borrow my lines. Are you hearing me? Your weakness is your future strength. And it's one thing for somebody to be out of something and for you, you enter it. And you might never even come out. You understand what I'm saying? So as I tell people, leave people alone. You do what brought you here. She's pregnant. Whose kid is it? Oh, okay. The kid is of the Holy Ghost. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's just how life is. And because she's pregnant, it doesn't mean that you're better than her. Maybe for you, you just didn't even conceive. But you did it. Maybe even your mind did it. Stop, stop, stop that nonsense. Praise God. Somebody shout amen. amen. Glory to God. You need that peace of mind and heart in Christ to be guarded, to know that we are going through things. You know, one time somebody met me recently over tea and said, Apostle, I joined this ministry. Nothing has yet happened outside. And then I waited for the golden word. But the guy said, but inside, something is happening. And I said, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. <laughs> yes, you might be in a situation where things have not yet, but inside, every day God is meeting you. That's where God wants you. That your heart and mind is mounted, God. And that you are strong in the spirit. Before you know it, the physical will change. So your miracle will not be mistake. It will be deliberate. You enter glory deliberate. You enter goodness deliberate. You enter solutions deliberate. You enter answers deliberate. You enter breakthrough with enough tenacity to sustain it. Somebody shout amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Matthew chapter 6 verses 25, the message version. He says, if you decide for God, now, the word they are deciding for God means if you choose to play on the God team, 
if you're on God's team. And he says, living a life of God worship. He says, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at meals or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. It follows anybody who believes. And now when you see someone worried, what will I eat? What will I dress? Then that means you have not yet tuned into God. When you do those things, I mean, some of you never saw us. We preach, you look at the catrals, you've stepped on it, but it's what you have, and you iron it. Then you say, I'm the same spirit which raised Christ from the dead. Nothing would take away the conviction. We sat on border borders. All our testimonies were on border borders. We had those days. <laughs> but during that time, I'd gotten to know God. And I remember every time I would go through a dust, I would say, this is temporal. This is what? It's not going to happen forever. Hello? You know that you know that you believe the God who has a destiny bigger than border border and for whom it's worth to sit on it. Then you have people say, I'm not going to pray. Why? I have nothing to put on. Let me tell you, we also had three trousers and two shirts. Are you hearing me? But we were convinced with God's agenda concerning our lives. Now I give out clothes every time because I can't keep many. I just give. I, I find myself giving because I've never worried about it. It has never been in my head that God would not dress me has never been in my head that God will not feed me but there were days, sometimes we get back and we have nothing to eat, are you hearing me? but buns, when you get buns you could two eggs, fry them with oil or without, are you hearing me? could wait on the bun in the middle get water, are you hearing me? Dugu, dugu, dugu. eat supper and the next day you're not even saying but God, some people eat well, no because we were eating to live, we're not living to eat are you hearing me? I remember getting that bun with joy in my heart and water in a glass room temperature and I gave thanks after I finished as an act of faith I did and I said father I thank you because I've eaten a perfect diet even though men call these carbohydrates, but in there I felt the protein, I felt the calcium, I felt the carbohydrate, I felt the fat, I felt the vitamins, they are in there and I'm healthy and strong. If Daniel ate greens and he was 10 times better, this bread has ministered to my soul. Sotoloba. And I went back to bed without a care in this world. I can afford any meal now in the world. I can eat anywhere in the world. Every day. But some of you, you're worried of what will eat, how will eat, because you slept hungry. No, even if you sleep hungry, boil water, take it and have peace. Come to church and dance the most. 
as if you ate the best meal last night. Are you hearing me? That the communication of your faith will become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you, which is in Christ. That is faith. Somebody shout amen. You say, don't fuss about them. In other words, even if you have two shoes, two trousers, don't worry. You know they are coming. You'll get tired of them. So when people look at you, yes, let them look. Because they'll forget that I even ever had two shirts. By what God will do in your life. He will beautify your life and you'll look like you are rich from day one. God can do it. Do you know? God can change your past. You know they used to say, you can do nothing about your past. But you can change your future. Recently I was reading in scripture and I discovered how God can even change a man's past. And I'll prove it. But your past is bad, but God can beautify your... He can even go back into that Chifani past and change it. I'll prove it by scripture. Aren't you with God? All things are possible. God can do things in your life that even when people look in your past, it's as though you never went through anything. It's possible. He can put enough glory on your life that people start calculating your life and say, no, it's not possible that this person had such a past. So he says, there's far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach. More to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. There is more to that. There is more to that. But you see, when you don't see that, you will worry about it. And then he says, look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description. But apostle, do birds have problems like I have? You think. Who told you that your problems are more than birds? Do you know them well? Yeah, but they just fly. No, you assume they just fly. There is nothing with life that has no challenges. Even life that is hidden, innate, and cannot be seen. Cells are attacked in human bodies and killed. Anywhere there is life, there is testation. Are you hearing me? And now... He says, these birds are not tied down to a job description. And I love the way he says it, that they are careless in the care of God. You understand what I'm saying? That because God cares, so they are careless. You know, in African culture, when they say, look at that careless child, it is wrong. You, you understand in African sense? Look at that careless guy. He's careless. But God has called us to be careless. In his care. Because uh -huh. in the African proverb they say, he who does not care is stupid. That is the foolishness of the gospel. But you're there, you're apostle, I'm 38 and I'm not married. You will marry. But apostle, 45, my womb, you will have children. Why? Because you've believed God. You are a new creation. I see girls who are losing peace, changing jobs, going to different churches, such that they look for their one. Let men look for you. He that findeth. 
Some people lose peace of what? Husband, husband, wife. And then you lose, you look at a person and you're like, why are you forfeiting that whole peace? Enjoy God. Your time will come and you'll thank God for all your years of singleness because they were preparing you. But don't worry. Don't fret. Stop putting on yourself pressure. Some people even dress on pressure. Because if you don't walk a certain way. No, walk the way God made you. The one who comes will find you walking like that. Now for him, he was looking for that. God has not called us to walk like cats. No. No. Men are looking for anointed walk, not cat walk. No. Anointed walk. Somebody shout amen. amen. Oh, I don't have a job. My peers have gone. I remember after five years of banking and I had nothing. My father even sat me down and told me, which spirit is working on your life? Look at Gundi, he's driving cars. Look at so and so. But now, I'm bigger than anybody he ever compared me to. Because those that trust in the Lord shall not be put to shame. You can be delayed for 10 years. And on the 11th year, God gives you things men can't build in 200 years. That is God. So what if you're still in a rental? It's okay. Wait on your God. So what if you have one can they have ten? Don't worry. You will wake up one day and get tired and you'll be giving them out every year. Now may I give out cars. I'm in the realm of giving. I'm not in the realm of uh, now I bought it. No, I'm in the realm of giving. Yet I was a border border fellow. Now I'm in the realm of what? God is going to amaze you. <laughs> is going to overwhelm somebody. I know when he's speaking. I feel it in my spirit. If you receive it, shout amen. Cast. Cast. Somebody shout amen. amen. These things have no job description. The Bible says they're careless in the care of God and you count far more than those birds. And next verse says, has anyone by fasting in front of a mirror ever gotten taller by so much an inch? Have you ever increased? That means when he says you cannot grow an inch, a cubit inch of worry, it means every time you worry, you can only go backward. You can't add anything on you. Let me ask, so what happens if you believe? Do you add something on you? Yes. So then why are you worried? Why are you worried? Again, why are you even losing peace, sleep, 3 a.m.? Why? You're not going to add anything. But then I've realized when you walk out of a world of worry, because I walked out of it long ago, you start to see God sorting everything. Like everything. You prove him once, they become 10 times, 20 times. It becomes a habit that God is the master of taking you out of the things that frustrate you. The word becomes true. That thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph and maketh manifest the sovereign knowledge by us in every place. It becomes a constant life of success every other day. Are you hearing me? 
You start to see divine health. It doesn't mean that the pains wouldn't come, but you know what to do when pain is there. Huh? Somebody shout amen. amen. Shout amen. amen. God cares for you and about you watchfully. He will keep you. Trust God to keep you. I don't care if they say, oh, HIV has my you live for 20 years. Trust God to keep you. You will see it negative one day. But if it shouldn't leave you, it will neither kill you. If it won't, if you don't have enough faith for it to leave you, it will never kill you. Refuse. Just refuse. And say, me, I choose to leave. You choose to leave. And that's what you do for your finances. You choose to be rich. That's what you choose for ministry. I choose to build a big ministry. And we're still doing it. We're doing it. We are doing it. It's going to happen. Yes! There are times we've seen empty chairs, but don't worry. God says, I'm bringing them. And before you know that, they feel. Because I'm careless in the care of God. Now he continues to say, you have never been taller. You don't add anything by worry. You just take away from you. Yet if you believe you add on you, so then why are you worried again? Oh no, but apostle, sometimes I can't help to be worried. Yes, you can help. How? Address it as a spirit and say, you spirit of worry, go. It will hear you. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, listen to this. He says, all this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much difference? He says, instead of looking at fashions, walk out into the fields, look at the wild flowers. They never primp or shop. But have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabbily alongside them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wild flowers, most of which are never even seen, as I tell people, you don't dress because you're going somewhere. No, be smart all the time. Even if you're at home, dress smart. <laughs> Did you understand what I just said? Even if you're just going to go out for two minutes, go out smart and come back. But this is, don't just throw on a shirt. Some of you just throw on a dress, an ironed, because you're going to buy a time. No, iron your dress. Look in the mirror and go and buy your time. Because even the flowers that are not seen are attended to by God. He will give you the money to be smart always. Are you hearing me? And he says, don't you think that he will attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? Don't you think so? His best for you? And then he continues to say, what I'm trying to do here is to get you what? That is what I've been doing from, from, from the time I stepped on this pulpit. I'm just trying to get you relaxed. As the Bible says, not to be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. And that's gold right there. He says, every time you're too preoccupied with what you need to get, you short circuit the hand of God that gives. But every time you take your eyes off what you need, you release the hand of God to you. He says, for the heathen seek after these things. You're not heathen. The Gentiles seek after these things. You're not Gentile. 
you're a believer. That means a believer should not seek after these things. For your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of all these things. He knows. So if he knows, mind your business. But apostle, the landlord threw me out. The landlord, apostle, landlord. And you know, some people send you text messages as though they want you to enter their zone of worry. Apostle, any time now, pray, any time, any time. I look at the phone, I ignore it. Because I don't know how to join worry. I don't know how to join my faith on worry. It doesn't work, it never works. Are you hearing me? Even if they throw out your stuff. Yes, I thank you, God. Because I'm going to a better place. Woo, glory, glory. Ha, woo! You even take a selfie. Days to remember, you keep it. Even the day they chased me out of the house, I have a picture of it. It says that when you're testifying, they show your state too. When you're in your mansion someday. Someone will look at it and believe your God. Somebody shout hallelujah. He says, if you are preoccupied with getting, you will not respond to God's giving. But yet men who are not occupied with what they need, God always fills them with everything that they need. So health, for example, if you're preoccupied with living healthy, you will short circuit the hand of God that keeps you healthy. I'm not saying go smoke, do everything because yeah, God will look after. No, I'm not saying go into destructive manner or eat irresponsibly. But I'm trying to say, don't be so conscious about your health that you even frustrate God's hand over you. Some of you, every little pain, the doctor has to look at it. Have a pain here. And that works with finances, it works with your life, it works with your health, your children, your career, everything is there. He says, people who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. It's evidence that you don't know God. But you know both God and how he works. 33 says, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Don't worry. Your job is there. Your husband exists. Your wife exists. Your child exists. Your ministry exists. Everything exists. Don't worry on missing out. And he says, and you will find, it will be a realization that every need and concern you have will be met. In says 34, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Now I want you to do an act of faith. Get worried. Get it. Anything you've been worried about, get it, get it. Put it in your right hand. Throw it out of the window. And tell it, stay there. Some of you have two two worries. Get also that one.
Tell it, I'll never talk about you again. I'll never discuss you over tea. In a prayer, I'll be thanking God. I am done once and for all. And I know you have ears. I want you to just take time and thank God for everything you've cast on him. Whatever you've casted on him, I want you to thank God. Just open your mouth and speak to God. I have a maker. He found my heart before.
the song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. I'm no in the mighty name of Jesus. I decree that you will sleep as a baby and walk as a lion during day. I decree that you are more than a conqueror by Christ which strengthens you. That the worst has already happened and the best is yet to come. That you are a child of God and you carry his DNA. And that you are more than a conqueror by Christ which strengthens you. And nothing in your life will kill you. Nothing surrounding you will consume you. That you are above and not beneath on the head and on the tail. That everything that comes away you have already overcome by Christ. That victory is yours. Triumph is yours. That you will never live another day of worry. You will never live another day of fear. You will never live another day of confusion. You will never live another day of concern. You will never live another day of care. That you are careless in the care of God. I decree and I declare shifting for you, tectonic plane. 
for your life. God is aligning things for your destiny. Great things await you. Your future is bright. Your tomorrow is better. The glory of God works on your life. Receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to clap your hands to God. Come on, clap. Say, Jesus, I have heard the message tonight. I believe with my heart. I confess with my mouth that I'm born again. I receive you tonight as my Lord and Savior. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 
1-800-242-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.funero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest. Thank you.